0: Raising a glass to our own birthday this weekend, welcome to the 125th episode and the third birthday edition of Pot. glass clinking uh, I'm joined today only by one person unfortunately um, uh, Andres Bruckner is here with me
1: Hello very happy to be in this episode that's uh, so important for for the pod well very very excited
0: Indeed, it's a great honour for you, Andres, and I hope you realise this. Um, unfortunately, not everybody does appreciate the the honour that, that it is to appear on a Hand of Pod uh, birthday edition. Joel Richards has blown us off um, today. He's preferred to go and interview uh, World Cup-winning goalkeeper, Wobaldo Fijol, River Plate legend, um, ahead of us. Some people just have no sense of priorities, I don't know. Um... But we're going to press on, and we're going to see what we can what we can do. We're only on the non-alcoholic stuff for the moment. We're pacing ourselves because we're going to start drinking. I think we're probably going to start drinking once we finish these. But uh, we're going to continue drinking after the podcast. So we're starting off with some homemade smoothies, um, just in case anybody gives a toss about what our beverages are. It's been a w- in another interesting weekend in the torneo inicial, Andres. Um, there's a pattern emerging recently. I think it's now four weeks in a row where none of the top three and only one of the top five or six have managed to win matches. Um, does that sound about right to you?
1: It looks like rhythm has gone down. That uh, the, the uh, easiness in which Newell's uh, used to win. Uh, I, I I I think I, I mentioned uh, in my last appearance two pods, two episodes ago that uh, before the Clásico against Rosario Central, the, the uh, way that uh, Nürnz uh, used to win the matches was ease at the, they were at, at ease winning the matches and then uh, they started, uh, the, 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 their performance uh, started going down. And this mm. uh, Saturday night uh, match against San Lorenzo was a proof of this. It was a special match because the, one, the, the team that w- uh, uh, won that match uh, would put them seriously as the the real candidate or major candidate.
0: It was first against second. Uh, It finished 1-1, as Andres has already mentioned. Um, But had San Lorenzo won, they would have gone just one point clear of Newell's. Uh, Newell's are two points ahead as it stands. Um, It was an entertaining game. first half was very good, very high-quality stuff. The second fell off a little bit, but it was still... Tense. So there were moments for both sides to win it, and then it sort of. I think the last 20 minutes, they both just realised. Pitch. Realized it pitch was, was really. a bit,
1: a bit humid, a bit wet. Yeah. Uh, rain, rain fell down, and and it was uh, clearly a, a, a wet pitch, and, and it was yes. Uh, as you said, the first match, the first half was, they they were, well, the two goals of the match, the Tresegate, very beautiful, uh, header and and uh, the Piati. Also, a good, very good uh, goal because Michalba uh, uh, did a very good pass with his head and left him alone, practically alone uh, with uh, Torrico. And the uh, yeah, second half, second half was uh, very different because I think that, uh, again, mentioning the the pitch, it was very heavy, very wet, and I think that that uh, that was notorious for the physic form of the of the players. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, an interesting game, as, uh, uh, as we say. Um, and one that leaves Newells still in the driving seat, but nowhere near as commanding a position as they were a few weeks ago, before the, uh, Rosario Clasico that Andres mentioned at the top of the, uh, of, of his little talk. Newells had won something like five in a row. Um, they'd won eight of their previous ten matches, if I remember correctly. Um, And they were five or six points clear at the top, weren't they? They're now two points clear at the top, having having not won a match now for a month. The Rosario Clasico was one month ago today. They lost it 2-1 since when they have drawn three in a row against Godoy Cruz, against uh, Colon, of course, um, who managed to score the only two goals that they've scored in the last nine matches. Eight matches, sorry. Uh, No, nine matches, um, because they... Failed to score again this weekend, just gone. Uh, and now against San Lorenzo. Um, which means that Boca have been able to whittle down the lead. San Lorenzo, with, with the odd win, have been able to whittle down their lead. But we've had a couple of weeks, several weeks, where only one of the top handful of clubs has won for each of the last few weeks. Um, and the team who've benefited most from, from that pattern have been Manus. Yes, Because Lanús are the one exception to this. They, they were in mid-table when this pattern of, of teams in the top five or six not winning began. Lanús were down in eleventh, 10th or 11th. Um, they have won four in a row. They have scored 11 goals in their last four matches uh, in the league. We can put that up to 14 in the last five if we include the Copa Sudamericana. Um, well, sorry, in fact, it's 14 in the last six, if we include the Composite Sudamericana, because the first leg was a 0-0 draw, um, but they did beat River Plate, as we mentioned, I think, last week, yeah, we recorded after last week's match, um, in, in a 3-1 uh, second leg, and I know they're, now f- they're, they're fourth, but they're only four points behind Newell's, they've still got to play both Boca and Newell's, if I remember correctly, um, and they're only two behind Boca and San Lorenzo, so... And semifinals of the Copa Sudamericana as well. It, it's going well for, Niels, uh, for Lanús. Sorry. Top scorer in the league, fifth best defence in the league. They've scored 25, and only that, in 12. Um, do you see them as challenges? Uh, I
1: don't know, but... Uh, I, I think that the, the, you mentioned the Copa Sudamericana semi-final, and the, I think that that could uh, put things difficult for them in the, the, of course, torneo initial, but... Um, I think that uh, uh, they they are uh, deserving, perhaps, uh, or they are showing now a, 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 a way of play that uh, that before wasn't showing, and and mm. uh, I I think that if Copa América wasn't on their schedule, uh, uh, things uh, would be much different, and and I would put them a bit more chances for 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 fighting for the title. But
0: well, it's kind of interesting because. We've made the point before during the Hunt of Pot era, during these last three, three wonderful years, that Lanus have. It's, it's not the first time that they've started a short season relatively slowly, and have seemed to pick up as the season's gone on. It seems it's almost as if it's like in the club DNA, because it's not Guillermo e Baroseth Gilotto, obviously, because he's he's not been around for the whole of the last three years at Lanus. The players have changed, and yet for whatever reason, they seem to have a habit of going through the first eight or nine matches. At walking pace, dropping points where they shouldn't, only drawing matches they should win, losing a couple they should draw, and then they hit. They seem to hit a run always at about this time in the in the campaign. Yes. Can you explain this? This is it, it's bizarre, right? I mean, the, did you see the, the match on Monday night? Did Did you see the Monday game?
1: No, I, I
0: could not Okay, unfortunately, I missed it as well. Um, yes. But I mean, in terms of the statistics, it was a 2-0 win. It was against Arsenal. de Sarandí. Um, who as we know are one of the best defences in the league so beating them is always a, uh, a, a main uh, a, a big thing to do one of the very few teams who have conceded fewer goals than Lanus even after this 2-0 defeat um, and Lanus went into the match three points behind them they're now level they've just leapfrogged them into fourth on goal difference um, the statistics are uh, fantastic I mean the two goals came late on uh, it was Nicolas Pasquini and Santiago Silva um, in the last seven or eight minutes um, But Lanús have far more chances. They have them from far better positions, much more of the ball. It's not very often that you see Arsenal. Okay, Arsenal frequently maybe don't place so much importance on possession, but it's not very often that you see a a side have that many decent chances from good positions on target against Arsenal.
1: But Lanús, I think that uh, uh, it's very, very strong in in his uh, stadium, in the Fortaleza Mm. Granate, as as it is called. Uh, they, they, They feel very comfortable that they are playing there. And uh, I think that you mentioned that uh, as the season went by they they increased the the they the, like the, they they adjust a lot the, the 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 how they they played how they they, they built the, the place in order to, to to reach the goals and and that's something that also uh, doesn't occur very very often mm-hmm. uh, as, as a season goes by and, and and the team is not in a because uh, I, how many matches did Leno win in a row or or, or in last? So they have five won, matches. If I
0: remember rightly, they've won uh, four in uh, a row in the league.
1: Yes, uh, that shows sure that they were down and then then rapidly mm. uh, increased. And that's something I don't know why. I, I don't I don't go to the lenus trainings I, and yes. I don't see Iñárritu to- talking to the players. But when I see him or I hear hear him talking. Apart from the uh, arguing against the referees in some time ago and, and that stuff, I, I, I see him as a serious uh, coach. Mm-hmm. Like he knows what to do and, and how to transmit that to the players and and if the players are smart enough to to understand that, perhaps they they adjust some uh, little things and now they are like they they are, they are fluid. They are, for example, they the match against the River for the Copa Sudamericana. Apart from River, that is not playing very good in a very good way, of course. Eh, they they showed like an authority, like they and, were. And this is another thing that really underlines
0: the strength of Lanús' attack, as we mentioned last week when we recorded after the after that River match. Is, I mean, River are not are playing poorly; they they don't know how to attack at the moment, but the defence is good. You know, they, River have conceded fewer goals than any other side in the Torneo inicial. It's not as if they have a poor defence.
1: River has nine goals in uh, 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 exactly, favour, yeah. and uh, uh, they consider also nine, so yeah. it's nine and nine.
0: Um, and Lanús tore the defence to pieces in the Monumental um, in the Sudamericana last week. The, the attack is, is certainly, I mean, they're on fire. We made the point earlier in the season that they were, whenever they did win, they were scoring three or four. It, the problem was not they weren't able to do it in every match. So sometimes they'd lose, sometimes they'd only draw, because they'd either score three or they wouldn't score any. Um, and now, they're, well, they're almost scoring three every game, and, and it doesn't matter because they managed to, to get it up to that level where they're, um, where they're able to do it on a more consistent basis. So look out for Lanús. We've got four mount, four rounds left. Um, I think that they're dark horses, regardless of the Copa Sudamericana distraction. It, it is a big distraction. Um, but in some ways, I think that the, the fact that they're the only Argentine side left in the Copper can help them as well because the AFA are doing a little bit more to help them. For instance, Lanús are due to play, um, they're playing All Boys in Floresta this coming weekend. That was originally scheduled for Sunday evening. That's six o'clock on Sunday, I think it was. they've moved it forward to five o'clock on Saturday afternoon so that Lanús have got one day more to, qu- to prepare for their. Sudamericana match which is on Thursday um, they're playing Libertad aren't they? Yes yeah. um, in the in the Sudamericana semi-final um, so we we shall see but I, I do think they're dark horses particularly because they're at home to Boca the second last round um, and then they're away to Newells on the last day and if Newells are still struggling to pick up points I heard that San Lorenzo
1: has the more Easier, the easiest uh, fixture in order to. to We're going to.
0: I think we'll go over the run-ins a little bit later for every team. Um, yes. We'll we'll take a look at those kind of top five and see see what what they've got. Uh, other matches that took place this weekend we have already mentioned Newell's against San Lorenzo one one, and Lanús against Arsenal which was the final game on Tuesday night which was a two nil win. Um River continued their well, the defence got better again, at least after conceding five in two matches, they kept a clean sheet away to Belis Sarsfield. Obviously they didn't score any themselves, so that was nil nil. Um there was a rather surprising I thought three one win for Atletico Rafaela against Godoy Cruz. Godoy Cruz on one of the other sides who've one of the few sides who've conceded fewer than Lanus. For them to concede three away um really underlines how impressive Rafaela have been in in recent weeks as well. I think Rafaela have... They lost against Central, of course, the week before last. But apart from that, that's the only match they've lost in their last eight now, was it, or nine? Let's just count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six... Last seven matches, they've only lost one. Uh, And that was the... Having gone 2-0 up against uh, Central. Then they got uh, Juan Eluchan sent off and lost 3-2. So return to, to winning ways for... Rafaela on Friday night. Uh, Quilmes beat Olimpo 1-0 in Blanca Olimpo just a uh, crap again now, right? They had that very miniature revival about a month ago.
1: But, but now they play against River. Yeah. So
0: That's your match to avoid this weekend in terms of the teams in the form table uh, is River Plate at home to Olimpo de Um All boys against Gymnasia. Why did all boys win that? Any ideas? I, I, they
1: were too... They, they, I... I I, I could watch that game. Uh, it was all boys, yes, against Gymnasia, uh, yes, right. And, and there was two headers in the uh, in just in front of the of the goal. Uh, and, and the second goal, the, the 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 definite two-one was scored by Toraza. I think he's the same age, same height than than me. Than I am one meter sixty-five, and. Uh, it was for,
0: op- for the imperialists, that's um, Andres is about five foot six, five six five uh,
1: seven. Uh, and yes, it was a, a poor defence, for terrible, def- terrific defence from from Ignacia because uh, the
0: ball bounced across the box, it bounced down off the crossbar and. And first, uh, was just there first
1: too. goal was two headers in the in the box, mm-hmm. and of course uh, it was scored by Matos, who is the specialist. it uh, uh, was,
0: there was uh, very good. Sort of chalkboard thing on the Cancha uh, Shena website, the, the La Nacion sports website. Um, and we do like to take the piss out of Olay and Cancha Shena a lot on Handapod, as you'll know, because their coverage isn't the highest standard. But Cancha Shena every every weekend has has this odd little bit where they'll do a, a rather good article on on a really fine point of, of one particularly particular team's game. Um, and one of the things that they they picked out this weekend was that all boys clearly have these set set piece plays that they go from and it was something that was remarked on uh, when Pepe Romero was in charge of all boys and it's something it's one thing probably the only thing that Falcione has managed to keep going is that when they have a throw in 15-20 metres from goal from the goal line on the left hand side they know exactly what they're going to do with it when they've got a free kick in around this, this position on the pitch, on the right-hand side, they know exactly where it's going to go. They know which player is going to knock it on to which other player and which kind of area they're going to be running to. Um, they're clearly very well drilled in that.
1: They, they just throw the ball to Matos and uh, the box, and, and from from Cambiaso uh, to to Matos, and and uh, that is something that if you know exactly how to uh, to to manage uh, and and how to uh, improve the. In, in, even uh, playing like that, it's okay. But the, the 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 rival defense also has to know that uh, mm. and, and and to prevent Matos from heading uh, the ball in the box because they know how to almost uh, the style of play that always does. So uh, that's something that pays uh, it pays my attention. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, it uh, surprises me because. Uh, um, you know how, how they play and, and, and you should be able to prevent uh, him from, from hitting the ball so so near from the, from the goal but they can't or they couldn't and,
0: and talking about the importance of Maro Matos to all boys another one that I wanted to mention and just ask was that when I was writing my previews um, for the coming weekend last night I realised that Omar Puso, Puso is coming back for Ignacia um, this weekend and I was trying to work out why Gimnasia had had a very long run with a really impressive defence. We've talked several times this season about Monetti in goal for them um, and against the, the defensive record they've got. And then he conceded two or three goals for the last three or four matches. Pulso has been out for all of those matches. Pulso is the number five. He, he sits deep in midfield. Um, he does a really good job. And I had to look at some of his stats the guys who are coming in to replace him don't have anything like the same number, particularly interceptions and tackles, as Poso has. Um, and we, we, it's been a while on Hand of Pods since, since we uh, brought up the, the number five, the, the the fashionable or the the, the hipster um, position to, to praise. Jonathan Wilson, when he's been on here in the past, has, has made a point of how he says that whenever any Argentine or whenever any player, any fan around the world says so who's your favourite player in, in my local team you always just find out what the defensive midfielders called and say him because that's far less of an obvious thing if you say oh it's Martín Palermo or it's Riquelme when, when you are in uh, talking to Boca fans five years ago that's obvious to say if you say no I really like uh, you know this, this guy who breaks up the play seems like a much more yes, knowledgeable thing to say but those back for Ignacio this weekend. I think that's gonna. I'm hoping that's gonna make a difference because I predicted them to do it. Uh, Pozzo
1: and he's from Uruguay. I think, it's, mm. uh, and Uruguay number five players are are, are in the middle are, are tough. They they usually are only
0: number five.
1: you can mention uh, the back Lugano and that that uh, kind of players, but uh, yes, that the that the, the fact that he's from Uruguay that that uh, puts something more in the mm. middle and to to be uh, to tackle the tackle and yes and, and quit the balls
0: and as to the mystique and to his hard man image um, Estudiantes and Central drew one one in La Plata both goals came from Estudiantes players no sorry yesterday the, yes they did Alejandro Donati scored Central's um, equaliser. Uh, it was an own goal After Who'd scored his Studiantes no, I'm waiting for the Thing to load Paolo Ferrari Sorry put yes.
1: Paolo Ferrari for Sorry right for no, That's from I mean
0: Both goals came yes. from Central players Paolo Ferrari Put Central ahead And, and Donati um, Equalised With, yes, with an No goal cross,
1: A cross uh, A sh- Shoot uh, A Bar cross Because mm.
0: it was a It was a bit of a fluke Wasn't it yes. the, the Ferrari goal Um Belgrano beat Colón 2-0 nothing to comment on there really Belgrano now about to get out of first gear Colón after scoring twice against Newell's the previous week are just back to being utterly utterly crap um, I was asked about Lucas Muni yesterday uh, for the in with Maradona 500 uh, sorry 100 the 100 players they picked out last year as players to watch and Muni was one of them I have a f- horrible feeling it was on, on my suggestion from a year ago um, how's he got on since? He's fallen off the face of the earth, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, very poor first half of the year. A couple of brief flashes uh, so far in the Torneo inicial, but he desperately needs to get out of Colón, I think.
1: I remember having lost the ball in a childish way uh, uh, when he played against Boca, That because I particularly watched that, uh, that match. Uh, the second goal uh, that uh, Boca scored was after a, a ball lost by Mungni in a very stupid way he he tried to 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 pass the ball between the the, the legs of a Boca player uh, in a, in a, a part of the pitch that was not convenient and then he lost the ball and the the the, the play went uh, to Sanchez Miño the cross from Sanchez Miño I think mm. and then uh, it was you no. Know, it was a uh, Martinez, the one who scored the second goal against Colón. Yeah. That's that shows something. It's like a photo photograph of the of the skill of the of the performance of the of a player uh, in, a, in a match like that. That in, a, uh, in the bombonera. That you know that if you lose the ball in, uh, the, the, in your in your pitch it's, it will be half a goal for Boca because uh, in attack Boca is also uh, doing things very good with Horito yeah. Martinez with Higlotti. Who is one of the goal scorers with Pera, the one that is shining in Atlético Rafaela, also from Uruguay, uh, and yes, uh, that's something that you can't forgive. Uh, in in this case, Muni in that part must must have uh, uh, cursed himself a lot because uh, you can't lose a ball in that part of the of the pitch. Yeah,
0: yeah. he was poor again against Belgrano on the weekend. He was subbed off at half time. Um, I, I do think he'd benefit from getting to a club who can take a bit more advantage of his creative talents. But he definitely needs to learn how to apply himself. You're completely right when he loses the ball. He's, he's got to be the first man working to get it back. And that's not what he does at the moment. Um, on Sunday night... I think this, was, this wasn't this was a late game, was it? No, of course it wasn't. It was just before the River game. Racing goes to Two sides who had had their slumps. Well, Racing didn't really have a slump. They'd just been crap all year. Um, and then recently had, had lifted themselves out of them with a couple of wins. on both occasions, Racing perhaps a bit unlucky. you you, say. You, they,
1: you think they were unlucky? And I think they didn't deserve the. I think
0: by I think. most measures, Racing had had the better of the play, except for the one to do with with how many goals you score, uh, which was where they were a bit less fortunate. Argentinos mm. won one nil with a very very good goal on the counter attack from Hernán Boschero. Um, Gomez th-
1: uh, Rodrigo Gomez was the one who passed the ball for Bochero to in order to score and it was very he it wasn't a a pass that, that like we say uh, go and score the goal but it was a very very good pass yeah. he he left him in a very good position to score and uh, I, I think yeah, I watched the game by parts and, and and it was a tight game not that Argentinos deserved the uh, uh, widely the the win, but uh, I don't know if the 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 prior rushing the the, the rushing that played before and um, and and won the the last the uh, the previous two matches is the real one or this one. Mm. Uh, I think that the there there were details that made them win in the last two games and losing this one.
0: Well, notably that in the last two games they managed to get some shots on target and in the net, whereas in this most recent game, okay, maybe I'm. I'm wrong really they weren't unlucky so much because the finishing just went back to being appalling I think I looked up afterwards they had something like 16 shots they only managed 4 on target um, some some number comparable with that I mean of course they they can't win they can't score goals without getting shots on target particularly when you've got Pablo Migliore in the other goal who okay he's not uh, World-class goalkeeper who should be being called up to the Argentine national side, but he's a more than able shot stopper. If he if he saves, just chucks, he saves, uh, yeah. I mean, if you just chuck shots at the, uh, his goal all day, he'll save them. So, rushing back to back to losing ways, um, and the two matches that we have not mentioned—hang on, two matches? No, sorry. There's only one match that we haven't mentioned. Um, was quite a corker. Uh, Tigre took. I uh, lead relatively early on um, in the first half through a Claudio Perez own goal away to Boca Juniors in La Momonera, Uh because that's where you're playing if you're away S- to Boca Juniors.
1: Someone, some, someone tweet, uh, uh, sent a tweet saying, please someone mark, someone someone who marks uh, Claudio Perez, because asking someone to mark Perez because of the own goal. Yeah, asking
0: a Boca defender to mark Perez, yes. yeah. Um, Paris, Paris own goal gave gave uh, Tigre a lead, which at that point was already kind of against the run of play, even only just over a quarter of an hour in. Um, Bocker didn't play well. Didn't play amazingly badly, I thought. They were they were getting criticised a little more than than they deserved to on on Twitter. They, they were reasonable approaching, but nothing decisive in the box. They couldn't find that moment of of inspiration in terms of creating a really good chance and then managed to get up two goals in the last five or six minutes. Uh, Leandro Paredes with a fantastic strike. First time hit from a, a cut-back Riquelme free-kick from probably 30, 25, 30 yards. Um, straight along the floor, beautiful curling into the bottom corner. And then Daniel Diaz heading in another Riquelme free-kick in stoppage time um, to win it for Boca. So although it was a late comeback, I thought it was a, a deserved victory. Um but more than anything it's the kind of, of match where oh, are are going to be candidates for the title they're what two points behind Newell's they're, if you're winning matches like that then it's the form of champions playing not fantastically but
1: they are clearly deep inside the, the, the fight for the for the title uh, and you, you said the inspiration and yes me uh, was really uh, showed inspiration in those pair of matches a uh, pair of plays that uh, he he alone made Boca win the match. Uh, mm. With the, uh, everyone, every everyone's expecting him to to throw the ball to the box in the first free kick and then passing the ball to to Paredes, who had already shot some uh, some in some times previously and wasn't very good. And but that's that shows uh, uh, something good from Riquelme, who. Uh, even though he, uh, Paredes didn't show very accurate himself uh, show, uh, shooting, uh, before he, he passed the ball again to him and, and, and he scored the goal in 39 minutes in the second half and then uh, uh, he, he cheated the defender, the Tigre defender in the other free kick when there was a, a player I, think, I don't know who was the Boca player that was uh, carrying the mark and then he was alone in order to 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 uh, shoot the ball to to to, to Diaz, mm. who headed headed it and then was well, scored the, the definite 2 to one and the the Perez Garcia sent off was ridiculous. Uh, was incredible. Oh, that was
0: stupid? Uh, Matin, Matias Perez Garcia, uh, who we've mentioned before, is is the only player in the Argentine Primera to have three accents in his name. Um, was sent off for a second bookable offence in about the 70th minute-ish. I'm guessing. Let's just look it up quickly. Um, oh no, earlier than that, 50th, just past the 50th minute, um, for diving. When I mean
1: first, first he didn't uh, respect the, advan- the, 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 the distance for a uh,
0: yeah. I mean that's a bookable offence. That's fine, but yes. the, the second was wasn't a dive
1: you know yeah, I, don't, I don't
0: think it was a penalty but it wasn't a dive either it was you know just a collision he fell over and the referee booked him for diving um, you
1: are you are you have already a yellow card you can't uh, you know that if you uh, uh, fall like that like he felt uh, the referee probably will will uh, take the second yellow card and, and send you off and uh, he didn't take that into account perhaps he forgot that he was already booked
0: uh, well, maybe, but I felt some sympathy for him. I mean, there was very much an attitude afterwards of, OK, if that's in another stadium, if if, if, if the same player does that in an away match against Rafaela, or Godoy Cruz, or Colón, he doesn't get the second yellow card. It's in La Bomonera against Boca. He gets the second yellow card. And one of the points that uh, Perez Garcia made um, after the match, having mentioned Riquelme's two free kicks, as we already have done, is that Riquelme was... Taking his time over free kicks in the last few minutes after the equaliser had gone in. And Perez Garcia said, if any of us do that, we got a booking. It's time wasting. Why, why does Riquelme just. Riquelme's allowed to do it every time. And it's just another thing that then feeds into this whole thing that we were talking about a few weeks ago of, of lack of respect for the referees. Um, but now sometimes they're, they're maybe not helping themselves with decisions like that.
1: Uh, uh, Perez Garcia complained because. He he said, I don't know if you have already said this, that Rigambe was uh, like making as he as if he was going to to take Sorry, the. Sorry, that's right. Yeah,
0: not wasting time. He was faking it to try and get the yes, wall to move yes. forward. And yeah, um, so some bronca, some anger around uh, circumstances, as there always is in Argentina. But the upshot is that Boca beat Tigre two one, and as we say, are level with San Lorenzo and only two points behind Newell's going into these last few rounds. Um, in terms of the relegation zone, what do we have now? We've got Olimpo, uh, Godoy Cruz and still Argentinos. So the first two, Olimpo and Godoy Cruz, both lost the weekend, just gone. Um, Argentinos, of course, won, but are still in the relegation zone, um, partly because of, of All Boys' uh, win against Team and... Had All Boys not won that match, uh, if they'd drawn, then them and Argentinos would have been tied. They would have both been on 111 points. Um, if All Boys had lost, then they, of course, would have be been in the relegations zone, and Argentinos would be just ahead of them. Um, Colón, just clear of them on 112. Tigre on 113. are on 68 from 53. Um, Rafaela, 117 from 91. I think realistically, at the moment, that's as far as the relegations uh, battle goes. Um... But as we mentioned last week with English Dan, if Racing can't pick some pick some form up over these last few matches, but especially during the Donell final, um, then they could get sucked down into it. Um, going into the last half of the torneo final As well um, So Rassing are definitely one of the sides to watch Estudiantes and Gimnasia should I think be fine I mean Estudiantes particularly they're, they're doing Also River well.
1: that is enjoy, enjoying Still enjoying the, <coughs> the Second the position the last, uh, Of last torneo well, final Well
0: yeah River have 64 points From last season and that's basically what's proving the difference At the moment because um, They've only got 17 so far this season They can still get to the 25. <laughs> Uh, but it's going to take a major upturn in form for them. Uh, I think at, th- at this point, River are going to be happy to reach 20 points. for I don't know, if they can get three points in the remaining four matches, um, then, um, well, I don't, I don't mean they'll be happy. I mean, they should be <laughs> relieved if they can they can get 20 points, given the form that they're in um, at this stage. But you're quite right. If, if they uh, can't pick things up soon, then they could plummet because they're Um, their points are getting divided by fewer matches than everyone else's, which means they get divided more quickly if they're not winning them we're now going to, I'm going to to give myself a fair net because I've finished my my smoothie, Um, and then we're going to come back and just look very quickly at the run-ins that that each of the top five have got and maybe try and uh, pick out a a champion and explain what happens if anybody finishes level on points Um, so don't go anywhere, enjoy this music the traditional hand of pod slide into not having a bloody clue what I'm talking about begins because I've now poured myself a fernet and I'm hitting the booze. We said that we were going to do the, the title run-ins for each side. Let's do them. We've got, in first place, Newell's Old, Old Boys who are playing in the last four matches. This weekend uh, they visit Tigre in Victoria, then they're at home to Arsenal. That's a clash of, of title chasers, uh, then away to all boys, and then at home, as we already mentioned on the last weekend, to Lanús. So, Tigre, Arsenal, all boys, Lanús for Newell's. Uh, second placed, San Lorenzo. Uh, their matches are at home to Belgrano, away to Atletico Rafaela, at home to Estudiantes de la Plata, and away to Vélez-Sarsfield. That, remember, is the run-in that, Santi, uh, that Andres sorry, um, said just before the musical break w- he thought was the easiest um, of them. Boca Juniors have a trip to Arsenal de Sarandí this weekend, followed by a home match against All Boys, followed by a visit to Lanús, and are then at home on the last day to Gimnasia y Agrima La Plata. Lanús have... They're away against All Boys, and they've got back-to-back home games against gymnasia and Boca, and then they have to visit Newell's. Yikes! That's probably the hardest running, isn't yes. it? Um, and then Arsenal, of course, who are currently—just uh, to provide some context to all of this talk—they're uh, fifth, but they are only four points behind Newell's Old Boys um, with with these four games to go. Arsenal have. A home match against Boca, followed by an away match against Newells, followed by a home match against Belgrano, finishing off with an away game against Rafaela. Actually, that's very difficult as well. Um,
1: looks, like, looks even. Not that uh, particularly easy for San Lorenzo. But, uh, and there are a lot of matches that uh, one team plays against each other in, uh, in the uh, fight for the title.
0: Yes, exactly. And I think in fact that having read all those out and looked at them so close together, I completely agree with what you said. Um I think that San Lorenzo probably do have the easiest run in given um that they're at home against Belgrano and against the Estudiantes. The Estudiantes, if you have to play Estudiantes in La Plata, it's they're difficult. They're unbeaten at home. Um, they're not so hot away from home. Um, away against Rafaela is, isn't going to be easy, but finishing off at home to Velez, who have basically stopped giving a shit, yes. um, particularly after their elimination in the Copa Sudamericana, which which we'll mention in perhaps a tiny bit more detail in a couple of minutes' time. Um, that that's a relatively friendly fixture. Some of those are really tricky, though. And
1: today, Ricardo Areca, in the press conference, uh, was very very discussed uh, annoyed because. Uh, uh, there, there, there are people in, inside Vélez that are, are apparently aren't very comfortable with him as, as the coach, as being the coach. And he, he answered like, apparently there are people that doesn't uh, uh, feel good with him winning four titles in five years. That like it is uh, uh, not very much, and and that he's not stupid and a lot of things uh, more. And uh, looks like he, he will. Perhaps in the the, ter- the, the tournament fin- uh, initial, final, tournament initial, and, and will perhaps uh, quit us as as Venice coach because yeah. he's he's, show- he's showing not the that he's not comfortable. And, and as
0: we've mentioned, he's been linked with the Peru job. Um, he's he's been at Veles for four years. Yes. Something like that, 2009, 2010 maybe, it might have taken yes. over to start of 2010. So he's been up there, let's getting off for four years, uh, which in Argentine football isn't an absolute age, that's eight championships, I remember. Um, and I think he's getting a bit pissed off as well that he's he's not getting the credit for the trophies he's won. As, as he put it the other day, 2010 is the only time he's finished without a trophy at all, but apparently you've got to win something at continental level to count for anything. This is what he said earlier today. Um... So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting seeing whether Garreca is, is still at Vélez next season, and if not, where he goes. Could it, is it going to be Peru? Is it going to be uh, a different club? If so, is it going to be a club inside Argentina? Might he end up taking over a river?
1: Mm, we don't know. Is, uh, at, at this point, we know... we know. Uh, I just
0: made that river thing up, by the way, for the benefit of our viewers. It's yes. not something that's been mentioned.
1: We have to pay attention, because uh, Ramon Diaz apparently is not linked with River for the uh, uh, following two years because the the contract that apparently signed with Daniel Pasarela w- wasn't uh, approved by the board. And, uh, oh, really? Yes, and, they, <laughs> and and now there is a elect- there are elections and that's something very interesting to follow up, the, 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 that, uh, that subject.
0: I would have thought a lot of River fans are going to be relieved at that more than anything. Because we were talking last week and the week before about how Pazzarello has lost a lot of support from the fans, um, and if it's going to prove not quite as expensive for the River to get rid of him, then that can only be a good thing. I would have thought. If it's um, if if they don't pick up and, and win these last four matches in a row, uh, I'd, I would be.
1: Some, some supporters said that they will they will be happy if he uh, he he uh, presents well. He goes uh, to the elections and, and he loses uh, very, very badly. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact is that he won't be in the elections and also there are a lot of, of, of happy supporters and, and fans.
0: Of course, yeah. Um, going off everyone back onto those run-ins, what, yes. who do you think the champions are going to be from this, uh, from according, this list? According then?
1: only to the fixture, yes, uh, I am saying that San Lorenzo has the easiest one they don't they, hit, they don't, don't play they doesn't play against any of the other uh, uh, title fighters to say it in another way uh, just so
0: put it like this how many points are Newell's going to get from those last four matches we've got them on screen at the moment Tigre I'm going to say three points against Tigre one point at home to Arsenal I think that they can they're a way to all boys I go for a draw there and I'll go for them to get a draw against Lanús so I'm going for Newell's 5 points remember this is at the moment this isn't necessarily what I'm going to be predicting for all of my uh, previews for the rest of the season don't go out and bet on these but I'm going for f- 6 points for Newell's right? they're 2 points out at the moment so that will put them 8 points up um, San Lorenzo Belgrano at home they should win given their home form that's 3 points are away I'll go for them to get a draw I think are very good at home Estudiantes at home I'm going to go for them to win that takes you up to seven. They're less away. Mm. I'll go for a draw. Maybe a win.
1: In that case, that's eight
0: points, which will put them level on points with Newells, according yes. to my predictions. Um, these very scientific predictions, which involve me just throwing numbers of fingers up in the air and trying to to guess. Um, Bocca versus Arsenal. Oh, God, that's, that's one that I've got to consider from both sides, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to go for a draw there. Uh, Boca against All Boys should be a Boca win so that's four points for Boca Uh, Lanus away is going to be very tricky I have a feeling Lanus can win that Jimnacea at home should be another Boca win so that's seven for Boca which would put them one point behind Newells and San Lorenzo in my imaginary league table Uh, Lanus uh, going to I can't remember what I've said for this weekend against All Boys I think think that's a win so let's go for three points Um, Jimnacea at home draw Bocker at home. I already said a win didn't I? Seven, um, and then Newell's away. I said a draw already for Newell, so that's eight points, which would put Lanús level on points for Bocker, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, because they no, it wouldn't it would put them one behind Bocker having won the same number oh, of matches. Yes. Sorry, one one point more. Um, and finally, Arsenal. I think are going to be out of it. They'd have to win ten points, wouldn't they? Let's see. At home to Bocker. I said a draw, didn't I? Away uh, to, to Newell's. I said a draw. That's two. Um, Belgrano at home, draw. Belgrano are decent on the road. Rafaela away, draw. So sorry, Arsenal fans, but I'm going for you to definitely not win it. I think that that would mean a title playoff between Newells and San Lorenzo. Yeah, the it?
1: fact is that Newells still depend on themselves. Mm. And that's something very, very important. That's the key. It yeah.
0: is. Unfortunately, they're not very dependable at the moment. Because as we already said, they've drawn three in a row. They can't keep clean sheets anymore. Whereas their uh, five-match uh, winning run... Prior to that Central Clásico um, defeat, involved four consecutive clean sheets, and it was completely forgotten. I mean, if you concede twice against Colón, then you know your defence has got a problem. Um,
1: if, if I am a new white player, I I I can say that uh, well, we can't facing the other players. Hey guys, we can't lose any more matches. Neither lose nor draw any more matches. We have to win any every match. Mm. But if we win, we depend on, on them on on ourselves yeah so in that case uh, they if they look at the table they uh, the, uh, the positions they will say that uh, yes they are two points uh, behind us but we are the, the, the leaders still the, the leaders and we have to win the matches that are uh, from now on so uh, in that case they still depend on themselves of course if they continue playing like they are doing and they Draw the la- the the the, the, for the the rest of the matches, the four matches, as the la- as the last matches that they that they draw uh, well, uh, that will be very difficult. But they the fact is that absolutely, they... absolutely,
0: yeah. I mean, this dip- yes. forecasting that Newell's are going to successfully defend the title depends entirely on them winning more points than they've got in the last four matches, uh, getting more points than that in the next four. Um, so we're we're backing a, a an upturn in form here quite clearly.
1: I think, But it's probably Newell's and San Lorenzo have to face each other in a final match yeah. in case the, the San Lorenzo reach Niels. And in that case, yes, they, they, they should play, a, play another final.
0: Yeah, precisely. When um, goal difference is used to, to separate places in the championship table in Argentina, unless it's a meaningful place. If it's for a Copa qualification, which of course is not the, the case uh, for this uh, season anyway, um, because it's already been decided at the end of last season... Um, if it's for cop qualification then then we go to a playoff. if it's for the title then we go to a playoff. off um, we had one in 2000 and was it 2009 when there was a three-way one between Boca, Tigre and San Lorenzo in which Tigre beat Boca in the three-way playoff, but ended up finishing only second because Boca won the title anyway having beaten San Lorenzo San Lorenzo beat Tigre so it was a very complicated piece of uh, mathematical gymnastics to do with the, the individual goal differences um, in that table but basically, if two or more teams finish level-on points for the title, we will have a, a round-robin playoff um, for that. So the fact that they're all so close at the moment, the fact that we've got four points separating first from fifth, uh, is interesting. It's very interesting. I mentioned on Twitter during the week that Rafaela might be dark horses. They're only one further point behind Arsenal. Uh, they're 24 points They're only s- they're they're 5 behind Newells with 4 <laughs> matches to go They are in 6 They've got ground to make up on a lot of sides But let's just have a very quick look at their running They're away to Colón So that's 3 points in the bag straight away uh, At home to San Lorenzo Away to Tigre And then finish off at home to Arsenal One thing that's already clear from that Playing San Lorenzo and Arsenal Is that although well, Rafaela probably aren't going to win the league I mean, Well they're basically definitely not going to win the league They are going to have a big say in who wins it because they've got to play two of the the hopefuls, uh, both at home. Do you think it's it's possible to dream of Atlético Rafaela being champions of Argentina, Andres? It would be a bit too far, wouldn't it?
1: No, it's very. I think it's very. It's ten percent of possibilities for for them to win the the torneo inicial. I, I don't see it possible mm. uh, because uh, the the final matches show what the the teams are made of and. and and Rafaela had been uh, showing a, a great performance in, in, in Rafaela, as you said before. But when they go uh, away, they don't uh, have the same performance, and, and they, they, I think they depend exclusively on on the, on, on Vera's goal power, the power mm. that Vera has that he's showing. Uh, he, for me, surprising.
0: You wanted to say something about Vera as it's, well, didn't you? Yes. Before we started recording, you said that you you have something to, to say about Diego Vera.
1: Yes, that, uh, that I didn't know that uh, it, in 2008 uh, he, he was suspended because of doping, and it was one year with no, without playing.
0: Uh, I didn't know this either. Which yes.
1: is, yeah. And uh, But then the, the, he, he went to Nacional, one of the, of course, uh, most important teams in Uruguay, together with Peñarol, and, and well, now it's in Rafaela, and he's, sh- he's surprising for me because I didn't uh, 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 know him very much. As uh, he's a player, is uh, a special player for Caruso, who is uh, the, the, the the number one about uh, 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 looking for players that uh, that you don't know, and he Caruso
0: Lombardi with is, him, and Leandro Caruso. Uh,
1: uh, he he used to do he used to doing these kind of things that. Uh, like Bosiero, who mm. scored the goal against uh, Racing. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, he's another player that uh, Caruso Lombardi watched. He was playing for Blooming in Bolivia, and and was a total surprise. Well, uh, Vera is another surprise for me. And Rafaela depends. I would say um, Albertengo is playing also very good uh, mm. in, the, in in the Rafaela attack, but uh, they depend very very much on on him. On Umbera and if Vera isn't accurate, I think that the chances for Rafaela to claim the title will be will be will be zero.
0: It's basically just wishful thinking on my part, so don't get too excited. But uh, if it does happen then I'm gonna take the credit for having predicted it, obviously. Um, it would be magnificent to see Rafaela champions of Argentina, wouldn't it? Um we now are going to. Oh, let's let's just very quickly talk about Velas because we were convinced that Velas were going to win the Copa Sudamericana. When I say we, what I mean is, of course, everybody on Hand of Pod. And when I say everybody on Hand of Pod, I mean me. Um, there was this uh, ridiculous um, conspiracy theory on Twitter. Conspiracy theorist who was claiming that that Velas Sarsfield uh, were, had paid Conmebol money to win the Sudamericana. This led to everybody supporting whoever Meles were playing against every time Meles played in the Sudamericana. And Meles continued to grind out results to, to get through. They were through to the quarter-final. They got a 0-0 draw away to Ponte Preto in the, the first leg of the, uh, the the quarter. And then they got beaten 2-0 last Thursday night after we recorded a uh, um, by Ponte Preto to, to go out of the Copa Sudamericana. So the conspiracy is not true, even though. The guy did manage to get both of the uh, first-leg scorelines correct of the Copa Libertadores final. Um, people are not paying Conmebol money for trophies, or maybe they are, Then this guy was just making it up and he got the wrong team. Um, but you can be happy. Your 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 bet on, on the Copa Sudamericana kind of victors is indeed a bet, it's not a, a done thing. I don't know whether that makes you happy or sad, but regain some faith in South American football from well, hearing about it.
1: Theories are, are normally uh, crap because uh, also there was a theory that on, on Independiente fixing matches not to, to be relegated and then they finally were relegated to Nacional B. So, and a lot of people saying, especially Russian obviously Russian supporters saying that uh, Independiente has fixed their matches and they won't be relegated. Well, the result is that they were relegated, so
0: Indeed. Yes. Um, I, I, they, they won. Uh, oh, sorry, they are winning. They're playing at the moment.
1: Let's put it on.
0: I've got it's just a... sports news crap on on mute while we're recording this, but they're playing Ferro at the moment. They're one nil up.
1: No, They've come match.
0: Indeed, yeah. Uh, it's it's at half-time. Now, uh, if they win this match, then they will go, let's see, in the BNational, Um then they will go up Possibly, possibly as far as fourth so very much joining the title battle now Defensa y Justicia who are the team who rather amusingly are named after a bus line um, are at home to San Martín de San Juan tomorrow, uh, that's uh, Thursday evening at 8 o'clock, if they win that match they will go top of the B Nacional because the leaders Banfield have dropped points now in both the last two matches, they lost last week and they drew nil-nil with Douglas Haig um, earlier this afternoon um, so the B Nacional is, is hotting up and looking very competitive, if not quite the same uh, standard that it was during Rivers' uh, season in the B. Um, it's looking like a very competitive division. Banfield started to have the, the gap closed on them now um, by a few teams, gradually but slowly yes. but surely.
1: And in the Benindia, as they were in the bottom of the table now, of course they are much better and uh, if they win Fer- they defeat Ferro, they will be one point behind the union, which the, the, yep. the third, uh, and they are. Uh, the,
0: del Norte, third. Sorry, sorry.
1: They will be one point uh, behind del Norte, who are the ones uh, that are third, and, and and they are in promotion position. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we we have to see what happens with the, uh, in that FIFA inti like center uh, is a kind of intimation or something like that, mm. uh, because they didn't pay. Uh, a player that is not anymore there. I think it was, uh, Well, now I forgot the player that that uh, in in question. But um, um, that yes, they, they they can have six six points uh, uh, less uh, that they have. So we have to see what happens with that. Uh, Lionel Nunez, was the player was the player? I think that they that wasn't paid by Independiente.
0: Luciano Ali Samon.
1: Ali sorry. Not
0: uh, Nunez. Um, whose lawyer, apparently, is, yes. is going to uh, do everything he can to avoid the club having to pay the the fine. Oh, no, sorry, no, that's wrong. Whose lawyer is going to do everything he can to ensure that the okay. club do pay the money that he's owed. Um, so this is a FIFA Players Union yes. um, case, which could lead to a point deduction, which would be quite yeah. amusing in some ways. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yes. We're going to move on now, I'm going to play some music, we're going to come back and we're going to answer on our birthday some listeners' questions. Don't go away. questions. The first is from Stephen John, who asks uh, the future of Argentina under Lionel after Lionel Messi. Um, is it still bright? I then just quickly send him on to clarify what he meant by after, because of course Lionel is injured at the moment, as we'll mention in a minute when we talk about the uh, the international team. Um, and he means when Messi retires. Can we answer it's, that question yet?
1: It's not clear, and in fact uh, you're, you're saying that Messi is, is retiring or something like that?
0: No, he's asking, when when Messi retires, uh, what's Argentina's national team going to be like? It's slightly difficult to say, really. Ten It's six or seven years', years happens, uh, time for yeah. that.
1: I don't know. Uh, no, I think that no one is uh, is uh, wondering what will what will happen if Messi... I know he... Uh, I, I hope God doesn't permit this, that, but Messi has A serious injur- injury and he can't go on, go on mm. playing. In that case, it will, it will be after Messi, and I don't know what Argentina will do because hopes are, are, are all in Messi and, and, and what Messi means. Not only playing, but, on, but also Messi itself, uh, playing for Argentina and, and, and being in the, in the pitch. Not, on, not only because of the play, also because of the meaning of Messi, and mm. I don't know uh, what would happen. When he retires, or if he uh, his injury gets worse and, and he can't continue playing, of course it's it will it will. I think it will happen. But now uh, I think no one wonder is wondering what happened, what will happen after Messi because Messi is playing now. And
0: yeah, uh, John makes the point that the Argentina under-20 side has been dismal recently. I mean, the first thing to say with that is, you know, th- th- those guys are going to be. Pushing 30 by the time Messi retires anyway. Um, And also, I mean, who who cares what the under-20 side's like, really? I mean, Nigeria win under-20 World Cups. Argentina have won under-20 World Cups recently. It's not helped them out at senior national level. I don't think that one necessarily translates um, into a a decent uh, senior crop. And undoubtedly, there are going to be players who mature from the current under-20 side and become far better at the age of 24 or 25, than they are now at the age of 18 or 19. There are going to be players who fall away and become nowhere near as good. There are going to be players at 25 who are bursting into the Argentina national side and uh, maybe one of the star players who weren't even playing at the under-20 level because they weren't good enough when they were (laughs) 18, the late bloomers. Um, So it's impossible to say. This is one of the reasons that that we We, we love football. uh, We should uh, watch Qatar
1: 2022 in order to be aware of... what will happen with Messi... with
0: no, yeah. with no Messi... Yeah. as if he's not still playing... Then. Yes. of course... which which he, he might be... you never know... when he loses his pace... I have a feeling he'll... find a way of, re, a way of reinventing himself... Um, but yes... ask us again in 10 years time... John... and we might be able to give you... more of an idea... Um, we have had... Philip Briggs asks... he says... happy birthday great pod thank you very much Um, he says if Messi were injured long term uh, this is not an after Messi thing now it's uh, with Messi being injured at the moment if it turns into a long term injury would Sabella rethink his strategy or would he just try and find a replacement a like for like replacement for Messi I think he'd have to rethink his strategy wouldn't he you can't find a like for like
1: yes um, no no Messi no no possible replacement for Messi and I think in that case he he should uh, keep team as it as it is with no Messi,
0: and that, and this is it because we we saw against um, Peru and against well okay not really against Uruguay because no one gave a crap against Uruguay but in the match against Peru, we're going to see uh, tomorrow I think is it tomorrow or is it on Friday the the friendly against uh, Ecuador and then in Bosnia next week. Um, what a what a Messiless Argentina looks like as well. Uh, we might as well discuss that yes. quickly now as well. We, we know who's been called up. The problem is
1: that. Aguero, Di Maria and, and Iwain are brilliant brilliant players but yeah. they don't uh, we don't see them as, as brilliant because there is Messi. If Messi wouldn't exist for example Messi uh, Di Maria Iguain and Aguero would be stars mm. uh, definitely stars and, and in that case it's Messi that is the the, the biggest star but
0: precisely yeah I can tell would still have a very okay. scary attack <coughs> even without him, I think that they would have to uh, to rethink a certain amount of their strategy, but I don't think that it would be anything um, really really uh, a, a huge risk um, when Independiente versus off second half is just kicking off by the way as we talk um, one thing that is more of a problem for the national team at the moment is that Sabella's pissing Carlos Bianchi off, this is something I forgot to mention um, before we started getting on to uh, before we go on to the list of questions uh, Agustin Orion Bocker Juniors goalkeeper who's made an enormous Difference to Bocker's defence when he's played um, When he's been away on international duty Or injured Emmanuel Tripodi Has come in and has let goals in Whereas Orion basically hasn't let goals in While he's been playing for Boca. Um Orion is currently in New, Z- New Jersey Sorry I almost said New Zealand then um, With the national team getting ready for The friendly against Ecuador on Friday Um He's not going to play, obviously, we know this. He's the third uh, choice goalkeeper. Uh, he's
1: buying stuff, sorry. In they in the went to the 5th Avenue
0: Yeah, in, and they <laughs> he's started buying. Been on a shopping trip with, yeah. with his teammates. Uh, Carlos Bianchi was, was very angry about this. He, he said after Boca's win against Tigre um, that he thinks that Sabella lacks common sense, that anybody with common sense would, would see that there's no point in taking the player from a team who are fighting for the title. It must be said as well that Sabah has also taken Maxi Rodriguez uh, from Newell's. Um, it, there's no point taking a player as important, as important as Orion for a team fighting for the title away on a meaningless, on a friendly, um, when it's not a player who keeps the team. Orion's not going to get on the pitch. We know this already. Um, he would have been better calling up you know, whoever else. I think it's fairly hard to argue with Bilado on that, really. Yes, I, I'm not a huge Bilardo fan. I am a huge Sabella fan, as any regular listeners will know. Uh, but on this one instance, S- Sabela reacted very well. He didn't really react at all. He he, he got press ganged at Espana Airport just an hour or so after after Bilardo had um, uh, had had said this, and, and they said, "What what do you make of what Bilardo said?" And Sabella hadn't heard, so he just said, "Well, what what's he said?" So they gave him their version of what he'd said, and he said, "Look, I've I, I haven't heard anything about it." I don't want to get into a fight with Carlos Pirado. He's a great manager. Football should be very grateful for what he's given given to the game. Um, very graceful way of dealing with it, refusing to, to answer this this charge of being a nonsensical person. Um, but I think it's hard to get around the fact that maybe there, there wasn't really Bilardo anything is on useful it, for
1: these kind of things, for a relationship be- between yeah. the, the national team and the clubs, but it's like painted, not... Yeah,
0: and well this and this is the other thing that this is the other point that some people made was that the reason that this becomes a problem is that the club directors who make up the AFA board voted for the league to continue during FIFA dates Bilando's saying well he should just call up players from Europe and it's like well yeah but that's because European leagues do stop during FIFA dates which is what the Argentine league should do as well anyway <laughs> that's why it's a FIFA date um, it's a bit more difficult to take you, to take the complaint seriously although as I say I think it's a a valid complaint, perhaps, but it becomes more difficult to take it seriously when his own boss, Boca's president, has been one of the people who said, "Yes, we think the league should continue, even when there are internationals." They know they know what's going to happen.
1: But, but thinking, thinking on, in, and putting in Bianchi's shoes, I think he's he's right, even though that the Boca uh, board members voted voted for for this to happen for the the, the Argentinian. League to continue even though there is a FIFA date or, 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 or day. Uh, but as you said, Maxi Rodriguez was also called up, uh, and he's a. Uh, well, in the last match, it wasn't so uh, uh, determinant for, 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 for news, but uh, I didn't see Bertie complaining. No.
0: And, uh, Precisely. with the address has been called up. Yes. River fans are celebrating they're not complaining <laughs> admittedly it's slightly more of a problem that Eder alvarez Balanta has also been called up by Colombia uh, in his case for the first time uh, you can expect him to make his Colombia debut at some point I think in these two friendlies I can't remember who they're playing because uh, that's how much attention I pay but um, yes look out for them uh, final not quite the final question we've had one by email as well But Sebastian Weisbrot asks thoughts on the tiebreaker that the AFA have announced this week this week isn't it too late to announce the system Um, if anybody got the impression from what Andres was saying earlier that this is the system that he'd already mentioned um, then I'm going to apologise for not listening properly Um, but I don't think that we've already said it exactly this way when we mentioned earlier that the tiebreaker between three clubs of a few years ago was a round robin between Tigre uh, Boca and San Lorenzo um, that was a slightly different system I hadn't seen this article that Sebastian sent us. The link to I have now. Um, the new rule is that, well, apparently new. I'm sure it's, it was. Who knows with the after? Uh, the rule now, as it stands, at 9 p.m. on Wednesday, the 13th of November, 2013, is that if two sides finish level on points for the championship, they will play a playoff. That's the same as what we said earlier. But if more than two sides do so, there will be no playoff. There won't be any matches, there won't be any round-robin, as I mentioned earlier. Um, what there will be is a miniature league table created using their results among each other. As if it was the World Cup, let's say, where three teams could finish level on points. They just knock the other team out and say, right, what have they done between themselves? Um, the thing, one thing that that strikes me, reading this, is that uh, that would severely high, uh, handicap Bocker because of course Boca have already lost to Newells and San Lorenzo this season they've still got to play Arsenal uh, and Lanus but um, they've lost to the two sides they seem most likely to be tied for the championship with if at all um, already Um, it would probably it would help Newells because Newells if it was Newells, Boca and San Lorenzo tied on points Newells would get it on goals scored uh, because it goes points between those teams followed by goal difference Followed by goals scored, and Newell's beat Boca three two, whereas San Lorenzo only beat them one wow. nil. And of course, Newell's and San Lorenzo drew with each other yes. uh, just um, last week. And
1: they, they still have to play
0: against uh, Arsenal, Newell's. Yes, right? yeah, they uh, Our thoughts on it. Are, I mean, I think it sounds relatively. I don't know why they just don't just go for the goal difference, but yeah, it sounds more sensible than that anyway. At least it doesn't involve a, an interminable round robin, particularly in the summer months. I mean, in December, that can get hot. Yes. Um. And the other, the other thing is, I mean, he, Sebastian also asked isn't it too late to announce this system? Bear in mind that we're talking about a football association who, before the beginning of last season, announced that there were not going to be any more relegation playoffs. Just like two days before the beginning of the season, who completely changed the entire structure of the first division championship on that same day as well, and said that there was going to be this super final, and that there was only going to be one champion for the whole season. And the and, super final uh, will,
1: uh, the uh, bring another another title to the one who won who who won, wins that final and then, and then went back on that yes. after it had been played and after
0: the trophy had been awarded they decided they went no actually this wasn't a championship um yes. nothing is ever too late for the AFA, sebastian um you're you're argentine yourself, I believe so you should know this um we're we're not talking about a, a proper football association unfortunately um so no. Don't be surprised by anything that happens. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they decide to change it again, between now and the end of the torneo Inicial. Uh, Liam Kelly has, has sent us an email uh, again saying, well done, I'm reaching three years. Thank you very much, again. Um, and then the question, he says, would you put Lanús as outside title contenders, or will they have one eye on the Copa Sudamericana semi-final? They have to play Bocca at home and Newells away in their final two matches. He says, in my opinion, they need to be three points behind the leaders going into round 18 of fixtures to stand a chance. I would agree Yes. with what Liam says there. I think if if they're, I think maybe even three might be a bit much, but if they're within three points of the, the top of the league, um, then I would agree. As long as top of the league and Newells, I think. As I've already mentioned, I would, I'm going to bat Manu's... At this juncture anyway I Two and a half weeks before the match I'm going to bat Lanus to beat Bocker at home um, away to Newells is another matter entirely That's going to be a very uh, tricky game Particularly if Newells haven't yet got the title wrapped up uh, Which of course would be implied But if we're talking about Lanus as outside contenders They're certainly up there though They're, they're highly motivated They're in fantastic form um, I've actually got the form table up here uh, we've we've got uh, if you go to Soccerway they they have the league and they've, they've also got the last five matches for every team. Lanus are the only side in the top half of the table. In fact, they're the only side in the league who've managed to win four of the last five matches in any order at all. As it is, they've won the last four, um, so they're in fantastic form. And I think they're certainly outside outside favourites. I would still make Newell's and San Lorenzo. The two favourites, um, but I think Lanús, although they are currently two points behind Boca, Lanús arguably have a better chance of winning the title than Boca.
1: I think I think that they remember how to play a bit late, because uh, they are playing, I think, even a bit better than than Newell's.
0: If if we were going to go on to 21 matches played rather than 19,
1: they will be then maybe Lanús would yes, stand a chance. Absolute, yes. <laughs> absolute uh, uh, candidates, uh, but I think that uh, Argentine teams particularly uh, like to win uh, international competitions and, and if Lanus gets a good result uh, in Paraguay that I think they play away the first leg yeah. uh, they will be more enthusiastic uh, about the the, the the second leg for the sudamericana than for the for the torneo inicial but if they on uh, the other hand they have they, they reach a good result uh, on, on this weekend for the the initial they they will have to think hard what to do if they mm. if they uh, pay more attention uh, they give more uh, <coughs> give more importance to the to, to one uh, uh, to the Copa Sudamericana or, or to the tourney, tourney initial I don't I don't know it's very hard to decide in, in that case because Lanus have a good play but I know if they have a very long. Uh, 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 number of players in order to play in the same way through competition.
0: Yeah, they've got a certain amount of rotation but not an enormous um, not an enormous squad by It means Paschini who scored the first goal against Arsenal on Monday night has impressed me. Uh, he's, he's come in well. He's, he's looked good in midfield. Um, but other than him... <sighs> You've not got a hell of a lot of options. Sorry, uh, Pasquini has actually done as a defender there. I thought he was a. Uh, he's, he's scored a couple of goals. So he, he's done very well. Um, but other than him, they, they haven't got a hell of a lot of options. They've got a lot of players who've played double figures already this season as well. Just in the initiale in terms of either starting or coming off the bench, um, it's not the deepest squad in the world. But if they can keep the energy levels up, it, it, it's it's doable. It's tricky. One of the the, the things that makes it tricky is that the two legs of the semi-final are going to be just one week apart. It's this Thursday, and then uh, sorry, it's 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 next Thursday of next week, and then Thursday of the week after uh, the two semi-final legs. Um, Thank you for your question, Liam. Um, We have got one more thing to discuss. We've already kind of talked about the Argentine uh, national side anyway, haven't we? And it's only friendly, so we're not going to go into too much detail with those. Um, So the only thing that remains now is for Mystic Sam um, to read out his predictions before I do i just um uh, I do this every year but I'd just like to say thank you again for for listening um, for another year Thank you to the guests that we've had on Thank you very much to SoundCloud for hosting the audio um four hundred pod We quite literally could not do it without SoundCloud. um we're well, not going to say thank you to to the uh, brand of Fernet that we're drinking because they still haven't yet got back to my emails about sponsorship um Thank you to Andres and to to Santi and to Mariano, all of the new hoppers who we've uh, got on this year. And most of all, thank you to you listeners for every share, every play that you give us and every time that you tell one of your mates to to give us a listen. Um, It's all enormously appreciated. We would probably still do it if we were only getting a couple of hundred listens a week. But the fact that we're getting something like a thousand um, certainly helps. I'm going to play Mystic Sam's music now and we're going to come back and I'm going to tell you probably not, not what to bet on this weekend because it's a very tricky one. (laughs) I don't know whether you've seen this weekend's picture list in full. Um... uh, Andres, but it's horrible. I had an absolutely dreadful time trying to predict this.
1: ¿El
0: <laughs> ¿That
1: week? week?
0: No, this weekend. Ah. Um, I don't know what, what what's going to happen. Okay, here we go. Uh, Colón, uh, these are not the, the order that these matches are taking place in, partly because Colón-Rafaela has been completely rearranged from Friday afternoon until Monday afternoon. Um, but anyway here's what we're going for Colón against Rafaela away win uh, Gimnasia versus Argentinos is going to be a Gimnasia win Quilmes to beat Racing in Quilmes Lanús to beat All Boys in Floresta Godoy Cruz and Estudiantes to draw San Lorenzo and Belgrano to draw Central to beat Vélez in Rosario uh, River to beat Olimpo probably with no goals because River neither concede nor score at all at the moment Absenal to draw with Boca Juniors and Newell's Old Boys to beat Tigre in the weekend's final game in Victoria. That's, that's an away win for Newell's that I'm going for. Any that you. you, you there have got to be some there that you disagree with, Andres, because I, this weekend makes no sense to me. Oh. There are far too many matches that are just too close to call, I think. I, I don't feel particularly confident in very many of those predictions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand you because uh, well, uh, we, we center on, on pay attention more to the uh, first four teams in the table and then uh, we don't know if the other teams will will be strong enough to face them or not and, and this well it's been a few, it's, as, as we said at the top of the
0: show it's been a very funny few weeks with only Lanus able to actually put together wins and everybody else at the top drawing or losing when the only sensible thing prior to the match seems to be that they're going to win um, which is making it enormously frustrating to try and predict just recently uh, but this weekend even I can't even see that many really obvious results that just seem like yeah it would be a shock if this didn't happen yeah. uh, okay Raffaello was easy to predict beating Colón because they're playing Colón um, but with that exception I think it, the, the rest seem. It's like difficult. it's like
1: throwing the, the dice yeah. something like
0: that I might try that next week I don't know how pleased my bosses in Hong Kong would be with it, but it couldn't be any less effective. On this note, thank you very much for listening to the third birthday special or for for Pod. We'll be back next week to discuss Argentina's friendlies, to preview Lanús' Copa, Sud- Copa Sudamericana semi-final first leg, and to look back over what, as I say, it looks like an incredibly interesting um, lots of weekend fixtures this coming weekend. So, please join us again next week. Um, thank you for listening for the last three years. Here's to three more. Um, and we hope that you, you've you continued to enjoy it. Uh, for now, it's goodbye from Andres.
1: Thank you for inviting me for the three years special. I hope to be in the number four. It will be 125, 180. Something okay. like
0: that, yeah, I think around 170. We go through about 40 per year um, at our current rates. Um, thank you for, for coming along, Andres. Thank you for, for being part of the team. Uh, it's goodbye from Andres, and it's goodbye, and thank you for listening, as ever, from me. Goodbye. <laughs>